Welcome back to another episode of Always Right Podcast. I'm author Carissa DeLay with my co-host. I'm trying to imitate you. Jamie Vendera, you just sound so professional when you, when you <laughs> do these. That's how he just discuss. He's like, why don't you start a podcast? Because I'm like, hey, I'm Jamie Vendera, and that kicks in sometimes. Oh, my God. Because yeah. I'm so close. To, but you're like, welcome to the podcast. And I'm like, I don't even know how to follow it up. I can't even pronounce my name right after you, after you talk so eloquently. My name is Jamie Vendera. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got a great topic today. Yes. So we're yes. going to talk about co-writing. The pros, the cons. Yeah, and I've done a lot of co-writing with, uh, like, when we started Seven Eleven Press, it was a little different dynamic. And Daniel will even tell you this: we would conceptualize ideas together, and uh, like mm -hmm. he was designing the website, and I was like writing like a madman. <laughs> He's like, "Holy crud! You got half the book done. I haven't even helped." I'm like, "Yes, you did. You plotted it out with me." So, but we have written some together. So I do have a list here, like some, you know, some pros of, of writing mm -hmm. together. And the first one that I like is we had such diverse perspectives. Um, he and I write so differently, but it, what was great is we both brought unique insights together mm -hmm. and we couldn't enrich the story. You know, we'd be plotting or talking about this and he would come up with something that I never would have thought of on my own. So that is a cool benefit of it. Uh, do you want me to keep going or you want to just keep going? It? Yeah, you okay, keep going because so, I've already got a list of cons on the idea okay. of well, co-writing. The, the cool thing about that is it did, we did have enhanced creativity because, um, again, it, when I love brainstorming with people. We mm -hmm. did it in an episode and we were talking about the new cover for the age of the sigil. And you're like, and I'm like, you read my mind. You're like, yeah, you can do this and make it look old. So I love that enhanced creativity, but I also love that you share the workload. So I'm not, I'm not like, oh, I got a 50,000 word book here. I got to write 50,000 words. Not necessarily. I might only write 27, a thousand or 20,000 words because you can share a Google doc or notes or whatever. And you may come back the next morning and your co-writer be like, hey, you know, we got our bullet points. And I started writing, so tell me what you think. I did that last night with my uh, <clears throat> uh, one of the twins. Her and I were talking, and then um, I'm designing a tattoo for her. And as I was drawing, I said, hey, you want to read the first chapter of Canvas? She's like, yeah. So she's like, put in a Google Doc for me. I'm like, I thought of you. I'm like, uh, Google Doc. <laughs> and I'm like, how do I do this? No, I'm kidding. I knew how to do it. I like, <laughs> so I put, I have Google Docs on my, my phone. So I literally just copy-pasted it from my Grammarly into that. Um, but, uh, and I, I added her as an editor. So if there was anything that she felt that she needed like to change a little bit, like, Hey, this needs a comma, I'll let her do that. But it was so cool because she's like, can I guess who this character is? Can I guess what this person did does? And I was like, yeah, you can try. And she got like three guesses. And I was like, Nope. Uh, I was like, you know oh. what? I love that I've sent you on this path because that's what I want my readers to be is on that path and not on the actual path. Yeah, I don't, no. I don't, I don't want to know. I, I want to be like, what? There's no way I never would have thought it would have been that well, person. I want my readers. I want my readers to be like, I did not see that coming. Yeah, that's so kind of like, um, what's they made the scary movie of the other movie. What was the movie with the mask? Scream. Scream. You know, mm -hmm. as many people as, as campy as they think it is, and like that's such a stupid movie. I you didn't had see it coming. no idea that's who well, the I think were. the number so I usually can guess movies pretty well like when it comes to that kind of stuff that's why I'm pretty good with diverting the audience is I'm very good at figuring out what the author or the producer director whatever is trying to create for me to, to to veer me in this direction I'm always like oh yeah you're taking me here but I'm pretty sure I'm supposed to be looking over here 
only one movie that I can remember remember threw me off course, and that was Saul, the first Saul movie. Oh yeah, that, that movie same. like I didn't see that coming, <laughs> and I was like, oh, I yeah, was I even, love that I movie. I was even taken. I hate so. that they continue to do. I mean, it's cool that they continue to do them, but it's like, oh, it's like Fast and Furious. Yeah, I know. It's just too predictable. Um, the, you know, the for, new never-ending stories. Yes, I know. I know. <laughs> uh, for me, like writing, uh, because also it's not just Daniel Middleton from Scribe Freelance. We I have a great book editor, uh, Rich Dalglish, and um, not that he was writing those initial books with us, but he had a lot of inputs. So we gave him free reign as he's editing to like rework scenes and discuss with us. And so to me, when you co-write, it's like a learning opportunity because I learned so much from him. And like a case in point, he was um, reading a, a, a book like um, Siren from uh, Jamie Lynn Saunders, one of my old pen names. And he's like, you know, you know, she's I could tell she's just a teenager. Her writing's kind of poor and predictable. And the same thing when she started the Feral series. So I took what he said and I learned from it. And then when I did like this, like the second book in the Pharaoh DNA, he's like, wow, that Jamie Lynn Center, she's really learning. This is some incredible stuff. <laughs> I know and you I talked like, about that before and how, he, how you kind of broke the news to him. And he was, he, he was, was like, there's no surprised. way. Yeah. He's like, you, yeah. you did not write horror in YA and mafia. That doesn't make any sense. Um, also for me, another pro is it's increased accountability. Um, you know, we had recently an episode on new year's resolutions and like, you gotta, you gotta pick a time to write and you gotta commit to it. If you're a single author, sometimes there is no accountability, but to yourself. So if you have a partner and you're like, you got goals to me, they're going to be like, okay, I, I'm plotted chapter three i want to write so uh, i really need you to be working on a four so i can move to five or whatever mm -hmm. you, you you have to meet your goals and deadlines do you feel <laughs> like so this is a question like because i know that you and daniel middleton had written before together do you feel like he was busy and couldn't keep up with your timeline i think uh well, he, for number one he was a much better writer than me hands down I remember a conversation, and I love Daniel. He loves me. We never had a crossword, but I remember one time he always scalded me, uh, and it might have been on Order of Five, the first season, the first book we wrote. He he finally said to me, Jamie, I can't hold your freaking hand and be on for hours in Google Docs writing this thing because when we started, it was like an hour writing two paragraphs. He's like, dude, you got to take some initiative. You got to you know look at the books you love to read, or you need to read something in that style. And I, I, I got to set you free. You got to do a lot of this writing on your own. I can't do it all for you, even though we're partners. Because he had a big, uh, he had a, his plate was full. Not only was he handling Scribe Freelance, he had to design our book covers. He was designing our website. So I thought right then and there, because it, it, it upset me. I was like, wow, I'm not pulling my weight. And I thought, okay, he's doing all this stuff. I need to get my butt in gear. And I did. And he's like, dude. How did you flip the switch like that? The writing's good. You're improving. <laughs> everything is getting better. I, I can't keep up with you. So it wasn't that he couldn't keep up with me. It's that he had other things. And uh, he trusted my writing uh, after that point because we plot these books out together that he's like, I don't have to worry. Between him and Rich, Rich editing, everything was good. So And then he was also there for emotional support because I'm like, if I was bored and not inspired – I would call and I'm like, I'm so, I'm so tired of this. And I'm like, I'm just sick and tired of this book. Okay. Well, to tell me about what's up to, and what's up to this point. And then my brain would explode. I was like, Ooh, 
what if this? And he's mm-hmm. like, see ya, go write. And it so, was just. So you're, what you're saying is a co-writer can help spark your uh, writer's block. Uh, your creativity, your inspiration is what they can, <laughs> what they can inspire. And plus, it's nice if they have like a they it's such a broader skill set. You know, I I had written songs and I had written books like Raise Your Voice, which is nonfiction. I didn't have the skill set for writing fiction. I have a great imagination. I've Dave dreamed all my life, but he was much better. Uh, even I'm pretty decent English. My punctuation sucks. Uh, typos excluded. We already we already know that about me. But like knowing like where to put the commas or a semicolon, this and that. Uh, you know, changing words like uh, don't say I am, make it I'm. Uh, that's a big thing with Rich Douglas. He's like, hey, yeah. you know, cut out words, put them uh-huh. together when you can. Yes, exactly. So having Rich and Daniel and even you, because we go back and forth uh, with your books and my books, that's – I don't know everything. I'm not even close to knowing that. So if you have a, a small circle of people that have a broader skill set, that's going to be great mm-hmm. for co-writing, you know. Yeah, and I mean that kind of expands on the whole like networking thing. Like when you have someone else who has a broader skill set, they may also have a broader group of friends that you're you're dipping into two pools, which we've discussed on social media the difference between having a fan page versus a personal page, your personal page will only be the people, you know, and potentially some of their friends, but algorithm wise for networking, you need a fan page, a business page, and that's going to expand past the parameters of friendship into like more of a business world. So when you're doing that with co-writing, you're going to get that expanded version of, of, of networking. No, I love that you brought that up. That's a great pro because then all of a sudden, here's you and your your followers. And then if you have a co-writer, all of a sudden you got their followers. Mm-hmm. So, yes, yeah, so you have a broader way to sell more books mm-hmm. and you need that. Uh, I loved it because even though uh, towards the end before Daniel was like, I'm so busy, I just got to focus on Scribe, uh, it was much quicker completion. I mean, if I didn't have to, and even beyond just the co-writing, if I wasn't thinking about the uh, book covers and interior design, I know he was handling that. I knew, and I didn't have a lot of lessons to do. I Like on the weekend, I'd write 10 hours or something. And then he would come in and check it and add some bullet points. So we got books done a lot faster. Uh, I jumped ahead because my, you know, my squirrels, but when you said the networking expansion, it's also like you got double marketing. So, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like if you're marketing, like, Oh, I'm going to do this on TikTok, Jamie, uh, but you go ahead and film a video too. And you do it on YouTube and you do it here and there. There you go. You, you, you broaden your organic marketing. So it's just well, not on your shoulders. It's, yeah. But even in that situation, whenever I post something to Vendera, or if I post something to always write podcast, I do a dual collaboration with my page and your page that gives yep. you three. And I'll also throw in Vendera Publishing. So that gives us four pages of followers who potentially can see that. And it makes your audience uh, reach a lot bigger. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I mean, Great. honestly, but I mean, so you made a list of tips uh, for co-writing, but I feel like a lot of this stuff is only possible if, and I say if, and only if, both parties are open-minded and on board with what your tips are going to be. Cause I know that you've given me, we, I've printed off the tips that you gave me and yep. looking ahead at these, this is only going to be possible if both are on board. Yeah. But before we hop into that, do you have any cons? I got cons, really... But I mean, don't you want the positives first? 
Okay, well, we'll talk about it, and then you can rip, rip on my my beautiful mind about all the pros. Uh, again, yeah, you, you, it's beautiful fun- rainbows, and I'll let me tear it apart. <laughs> you just said you actually gave the first tip. It's you got to choose the right partner, uh, and I don't mean any disrespect because I love my grandson. But here's there's like a, a perfect case of point. <clears throat> Having Daniel Middleton as a partner was great because he was a writer. He'd written fiction. He put out a, a book called A Dirty Business years ago that sold just countless copies. Uh, the thing with my grandson is for fun because I love him and I want to get him into writing. But let's say he was an adult, and I'm like, hey. Uh, cousin, the, uh, do you want to write a book with me? I've never written a book, Jamie, but yeah, I'll get in there and I'll be like, I'll do the bulk of the writing, but you got to read the books and then you got to get involved and then we got to plot it out. He doesn't really have that skill set yet. So, like, if you find somebody who is an established author uh, and you know their work and you know, yes, they're going to be able to commit and put in the time. Uh, and they're going to match your work style, your vision, um, you know, your writing style. Then that is great. That's that's mm-hmm. where you got to start. You got to start with an actual writing partner, and then you got to define roles and responsibilities. Again, from between me and Daniel, back in the day, we would plot together. Uh, first, we would write together until he scolded me, <laughs> and then I wrote. But hey, he had he had the role of designing our website doing the book covers, doing interior design, turning our books into EPUBs for Kindle, PDF for eBooks, setting up the design for print. So, and my design was to write, 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 write. That was my role and responsibility. Oh, when you guys were writing and co-writing, did you have like deadlines or anything for each other? Like, hey. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So in, in the beginning, we didn't because I was so slow. But he's like, man, like order five. He's like, uh, he's basically, like, I don't know if it's going to work. You know, it's you're pretty slow. And then I forget what deadline he gave me. I don't want to lie, but it was like, hey, I we really need to launch this. If say it was in January, so we need to launch this by March first, which means you have to be done with writing in a month, so we can send it to an editor and get this mm-hmm. done. So when I knew that, uh, I took uh, I took some time off from teaching. Honestly, I started backing it off and I was I was teaching a lot back then, but it wasn't like overloaded like it is now. So I could have a couple days off through the week and plus the weekend. And I wrote and I wrote in the morning before lessons. I wrote after lessons and I just kept hitting it. And that's why I remember him saying, how in the world did you write a book in a week? Granted, our books aren't long. You know, we call them movie books, so they may be 30,000 words. It's not a lot, but still with a 30,000 word book. It's still like a bigger book, but I'm cutting out all the fat. It's just like bam, 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 scene, scene, and driving it. Um, So when we established that, I was a deadline king. I was like, okay, we want this book. How long you want it to be? Bam, I'm on it. I'll have it done in six, seven days. And I've done many a book like that. While you're drinking water, uh, did you and Daniel, like, so how often would you communicate? Because I know, like, oh, my gosh. You're hilarious. I was just going to let you ask the question and quit drinking. Well, I mean, so you and I with the podcast, we communicate on a regular basis. We are texting all the yeah. time, sometimes, you know, making phone calls if it's more detailed. <laughs> Until um, you're like, hey, uh, I texted you. What are we going to what are we going to record tomorrow? Ooh, I'm sorry. The squirrel told me I already uh, texted you back. <laughs> well, your messages say that you have turned off your notifications. So what? 
Yeah. Okay. So you, I'm oh, like, you have oh, to teach me how to fix that. <laughs> I haven't done that. It must be an act. Oh, it's yeah, 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 yeah. Because I got a sleep app on my new Apple Watch, so it automatically shuts things off from like eight thirty to <clears throat> till um, like six thirty in the morning or five thirty in the morning, something like that. No, it's fine. It's, I I still set it. I should be like I, I just set notify it for you. anyways. Yeah, that works. <laughs> we 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 communicated daily. There were times I think that's what he loved it, but it, I'm sure it drove him nuts because he's running Scribe Freelance. He's got a job and he's designing other books for other authors. But if I got him on a call, because my brain, it's like I like I watched a Netflix show and I call him like, Daniel, okay, here's what I see. And I tell him the whole thing and he's on the edge of his seat every time we done. He's like, dude, I, how do you come up with this? I love it, love it, love it. But if I could use him as a springboard, even though I knew what I was going to write and I was telling him this, he would be like, oh, that's crazy. You know what would be nuts is if this and I like, oh, hold on, let me take a note. And then I would write in uh, whatever he suggested as he was mm -hmm. listening to me. So, yeah, we were communicating at least five days a week. Which I do that a lot with you. I will text you yeah. like, okay, I'm changing this character. What's your thoughts? If I do this, this, and this, or even this little plot point I'm thinking about is changing this with the names. So even though you're not, we're not co-writing this book, I'm still bouncing ideas off yep. and getting that, you know, yeah, help me solidify my thought process. Well, you need that, and you need somebody like that. That um, if luckily you bounced it off your daughter, and your family's more open minded, they're going to say what they want to say. You know, another thing would be like if you show it to your mom, like, oh, that's great, honey. You know, or I had an English teacher who I, I don't absolutely think my adored. mom would say that. Well, a lot of parents would. Or I had an English teacher I went through and kind of edited, raise your voice, and a uh, great woman. She knew punctuation, but. I was needing somebody who was like, really like, oh, Jamie, you better back that up. You better research this. You do that. And so I've had other editors in future like Rich is like, you, you, you need to check this before you put that in your book. So you want that, which leads me to thinking about you got to be open to feedback. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't be married to your writing. And I've had authors say that like, oh, you know, it's 67,432 words. It cannot change. Every word means something. That's not true. You know, there's so many ways to re-say it and cut it down and make it more mm -hmm. concise so you get to the point and you don't lose your reader. So you got to be open to feedback. If they question, like, why does this character do this? Or in a nonfiction book, are you sure that taking vitamin C will do this? <clears throat> you know, you got to be open to that to have, you know, to have your arse covered as well. But also to make sure it's clear in a fiction book to the reader. If, if, mm -hmm. if someone's reading that and they're confused, like, I don't get it. Uh, don't be offended by it. Be thinking, wait a minute, if you don't get it, and that yeah. wasn't my intent, what about the, these other readers? <gasps> yeah, I better go back and restructure this. That's why I said you have to be open-minded. You you have to be open-minded, <laughs> one, for criticism, and two, for in, like an, additional information that you may not have thought of that you didn't think you were going to put in there that that person wants to put in there. So you have to be open-minded to not just your own, but someone else's input. Yeah, and I put a couple other points here, but they all kind of come in together. It's like, um, of course, with me and Daniel, we had a unified vision. You know, when we got started, we didn't, we never argued about it. And if if there was a conflict, you know, we would look, we would go back and forth and figure out, and we like, okay, you know, you're right. Okay, this is the way the character should should look, or this is what should happen. I don't have a lot of problem with that. I never really have. I'm, I'm able to bend and weave as we needed. And it was easy with him because we had that unified vision and both of us were flexible. 
but what we did for books and what you need to do if you have a co-writer is if you're writing your own book, for me, it's an adventure. And I may have an overall arc for what I wanted to be. I don't know the ending generally. I start writing and let the scenes unfold, and I build the book that way. I don't always have a 10-point bullet point from you know a to beginning to end. With Daniel, when we would do that, yes, we were like, okay, this is where we want to start. This is where we want to end. Do you have any ideas for in between? So we we had a very detailed outline of how the book should go. I suggest that if you're going if you're going to co-write, just so you don't get lost along the way and you don't go off following a squirrel like I do. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Listen, I'm not trying to like feel like I'm, my my audio keeps going off and I, cause I keep, cause if you ever see me looking to the side, I'm checking the audio as we're recording to make sure that you're coming through and I'm coming through on there. But I thought I'm you're sitting, following squirrels. No, I look back and forth. I'm checking everything. So that way when I go to edit, it's not as hard, <laughs> but like my stuff keeps going off. So I'm wondering when I go to edit this, if you can hear the fighter jets have been like I nonstop can. this morning. I love it. Oh, I love it. I love seeing them, but it is so loud. Like it shook my house this morning, like multiple times. And so I'm hearing them flying around. I could see them and everything. It's like so crazy. Like it's so loud. As you speak, this is the loudest I've heard the entire podcast. I have drowned it out having thought about it. What it reminds me of is if uh, every once in a while you have a storm coming through and it's like Mm -hmm. you can hear the wind. Yeah. Yeah. No, oh, it's, I mean, I think... it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing, especially if I'm driving and they're like right in the treetops and there's like, you think there's just one and then there's, like, psh, there's two. It's ambience. I love the sound Am- of it. Ambience so. or ambience? Which word, yeah, what is uh, that uh, word? It's like Evian. I don't know. <laughs> it's tomato, tomato. I yes, don't know. I know. Joe I know. Montana. I don't It's, it's Ohio and Florida. Hi. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. So I know you got a list of cons. Well, you know, to add, so one of the things, and this is a con and a pro, but one of the pro sides in your tips is different. You can have different voices. I added this to your list, uh, different voices, because sometimes, and a lot of editors will tell you this, it's very difficult. You can either decide if you want to be first person, you want to be third person, you know, you want to be that omniscient point of view. Are you narrating the book? Are you like yourself in the book and you're, you know, like that type of thing, like finding the voice of the characters or how the book is being read is usually from one or the other. And very rarely someone is talented enough to create two different voices in the same book. So that may be a pro if you can somehow get you two or your co-authoring to create different voices to where I've read books where it's like the whole book is from one perspective and then it shifts to someone else's perspective and they start narrating and they did a great job of changing the narration. Yeah, I think that's good as as long as the overall flow of writing is similar because you got to respect your each other's work, how you do it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you don't want to have like um, like Terry Brooks is very, very detailed. And then you go to like Harry Potter and it's more. Um, more, I don't mean this in a bad way, but more cartoonish, just more fun for kids. So if I'm writing from a very adult fantasy way, and then I go to something that's more childlike, more YA, I don't know if that would work, but I love this because I've done this before in books. But what I do is I will put, if I'm switching, you know, third, first person, it's always, uh, in like, I'll start a book with a prologue or something and it'll be in italics 
And mm-hmm. so I, I got a different voice for that leading up and kind of leading you into the book. And then boom, I switched to, to that. Well, that's what I was, uh, last night when my daughter was reading the first chapter of Canvas, she, and I was like, oh, I said these, when I transferred it to Google Docs, it didn't, it didn't transfer the italicized version. So I had to go through there and italicize things. And she's like, oh, is that her talking to herself in her head? And I was like, yes, because that, you're hearing I that. I love so, it. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, that's cool. So, and another thing, uh, with your co-writing, and I don't know if you and Daniel did this, but like, I think it's a very important thing to make sure you have a understanding, like I said, you both have to be on the same page, but in the beginning say, okay, this is how we're going to deal with it. Have almost a plan, like if you hit a roadblock together, how to get past the roadblock and not end up just leaving the story and never ending it. No, no, it's very good. I think with me, we were so organic that it wasn't an issue. I can see why it can be an issue for a lot of people. Yeah, but probably, we, but not everybody's going to get along that well. Like they might start like, "Oh, we're best friends." I mean, like, how many best friends end up not being friends? And then you're like, "Ah, oh, you're writing this book with this person." That was I never had that with with Daniel, but he was such a great mentor. And the but guy's the like, thing. he's like ten years younger than me, and I'm like, "Hey, Dad." You almost. <laughs> but that's the thing, daddy. though. Before you start co-writing, you have to have almost like a some kind of document says if we fight like you own the words or you own half the words or how to who owns the story yep you know you kind of like gotta like oh this is a great idea but then once something happens down the road where you like well i wanted the character to do this well i wanted to kill the character we can't kill the character no so if you hit that roadblock you're gonna have to have some kind of plan in place who owns the story in the beginning who owns the the intellectual rights to it to be able to say you can leave as a, an author. I'm going to finish it, and it's mine because if you if you do that, but hell no, we co-wrote this, so I get all the profits, even though you finished it. Like, yeah. or I get a portion of the profits. So you got to have that in place. I feel like kind of caution yourself. So I feel like co-writing can very be very uh, a very amazing experience if it's done right. Um, like you said, you can com- combine the strengths. You have all these different multiple facets of creativity, and and it can be truly a, a, a masterpiece when you're done. But there but, are problems, yeah, because like what if you had two co-op, maybe they get along, but if you don't have a plan in place and one of you passes away, then do you think, you know, you need to have it in place who's like, ooh, I got 100% of that book. That's not necessarily true, mm-hmm. you know. this guy the family can come back and say, hey, my, my yes, my exactly. my dad helped you write that yeah, and be like, so I, like did, a, I did the property, like a, prof- a portion of those royalties from that. Yeah, so there like could be a, a – yeah, go ahead. No, uh, no, you go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. I was just saying there could be a number of benefits to co-writing. Like you you listed a ton of great things that can really help you. Um, I mean, we even talked about the, the, IA, uh, the AI episode. Did I say IA? Yeah. <laughs> we did I... it in the, a- I... yeah, did it in the I... AI episode where we talked about AI technically being your co-writer or your, your uh, computerized ghostwriter. So eventually somebody may be asking for credit for that. But it this had- is true co-writing is going to have its drawbacks it's going to have its um it's going to have some potential for uh the cons you know so i made a list of course of the opposite side and the one thing when we're talking about creative the creative part is the creative differences when you come to uh to the authors that are collaborating and there's a difference of writing styles you yep. know I have no idea what that was. That's a jet. It's an alien. It's a ghost. Well, my earlier, if you've seen the door just come open, we don't have a ghost. We have cats. <laughs> the cats like I am coming in. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
some, I feel like there's potential for, if you don't have the right writing partner, these creative differences can cause a conflict. They can make it challenging and can make the book, book less cohesive. Yeah, um, I agree. Uh, yeah, totally. So Especially if you're established and you have one writing style. Luckily it didn't happen for me because I've never written fiction. So I was, it was easy for me to move. But for me, um, even with Daniel, I said, Hey, we are going to, this pen name is going to be Jamie Lynn Saunders. So we're going to write in the style of teenage girl. Or this is Ronald Colborn. He's he's a sixty-seven year old man, and he drinks bourbon all day. We're going to write, uh, you know, like we're, right. we're kind of staunchy. So, but yeah, well, you're right. That that's I mean that's the thing. Like you know, even when you are developing those those um, characters, you know, just the, in essentially like creating that voice of who that character is there has to be that consistency between you and your co-writer like we we said that this character was this way so we got to keep that so you can't have a, a co-writer who doesn't follow that and so then every time they write that character the character doesn't match well you know a good tip would be if, if you're considering doing this is i would probably do a throw a little story together and do a sample writing session of like not like five to ten thousand words well just and to see how you mesh well and that, yeah yeah so even doing like an outline like a quick outline like how do we feel like we want this to go like that would be great but that's another thing that could be a con is the coordination the, the communication between you and your co-writer is if one is very dedicated to sticking to a schedule and being like hey i'm available at this time let's make sure we're meeting at this time on a consistent basis and the other one's like yeah well like me I got volleyball from this time to this time. I've got to do a tattoo. I've got to go do someone's hair. Like if your co-writer is not available, that could be a huge con because you're going to feel like you're available to make this book happen, but they're never available to you. And so it's going to make the, the collaboration discussion and decision-making very difficult. I see that in everything though. I've seen it with bandmates and bands and e even with you and I, I, we've never had a problem. I know like one week you're like, Hey, I can't, I got to run my girl to school. I can't do a podcast this morning. I think we know each other so well. If one of us has to miss, we're not going to be, you know, mm -hmm. mad about it. You know, we generally yeah, like, try to do life. Life comes up, but that's why we also have a few little back burner episodes that we've made yeah. in advance. Well, we try, yeah. Yeah. We yeah, try so to we do a couple episodes a day. So, or when we do to get together. So, yes, yeah, so we have extras uh, just in case. I'm getting yeah. mumbly. Let me do my, I don't know. Cause you're hungry. Hey, there we go. Uh, it's, yes. Don't tell them that. He's hungry, but he's, yeah, hungry. he's hungry. Like he's mumbly hungry. All right. So, okay. One other thing I have on here is kind of goes in hand in hand with the, with the communication is the division of workload. So dividing the workload, making it seem like, well, I've done all the work. You've done nothing. You know, there's that whole, like, um, can you make it equal or can you, can you decide if you can agree on who's putting in more time or who's actually doing the most work in it or That's how I feel about this podcast. I just, I just show up and do them. You're like, Hey, I've edited 14,000 TikTok videos and I've loaded this. I loaded ass. What did you do today? That's I do not app. text you that at all. No, you don't. But I'm just saying in my mind, you do so much. And I'm like, you asked me for one thing, just, you know, Watch the freaking podcast. To see Answer how the question that I text you like two days ago. Yeah, just like this morning. Uh, yeah, do we, not heard from you. I was like, oh, sorry. You know, the squirrel. Yeah, if I haven't heard from you within 24 hours, I question your existence. <laughs> you know, it's funny because <laughs> I, I get like these texts every day from students, and I, I have, I got a new system. 
I don't respond or even look at the text until I can take care of it because mm -hmm. I've had students like, Hey, you know, I, I have to send in the song to the management company and it's been 13 days and you haven't responded. And I'm like, ah, oh, I'm so sorry. I clicked. I saw it. I didn't have time. I was mm -hmm. hopping in a lesson. Then I had 40 other texts from other students and that's happened a lot. So now I've told yeah, them. Yeah, I started nothing. doing, I started doing that a long time ago when clients would text me, I would give them a time and date and everything and schedule them. And after two times of clients coming in and I didn't put it on my book because I texted back to them, but forgot to put it in my actual book. I said, okay, I will not answer unless I have time to put it in my book. So I got in that habit because I, I felt terrible when they walk in. Oh, like I'm getting a color. You're getting a color. I'm yeah, I don't well, have all right. Well, we'll I've fit done you that in. Twice. And one of my clients, Lisa Atwood, bless her heart. <laughs> she still came to me, even though I know I disappointed her, but I was like, I, I did. Ooh. Oh, I'm really sorry. And then you look back and you're like, oh, I did. <laughs> yeah. I've done that. You with students. They're like, hey, uh, I've had someone text me like, hey, are you running late? You're not answering on Skype. I was like, oh, I forget. Yeah, we did move your, your <laughs> lesson. It don't happen anymore. So. Yeah, that's the thing. So, yeah. But I mean, that's that. I mean, that's life. We're human. But like, so again, one of the cons can be that whole like communication problem, you know, devising like the the work can cause frustration it can cause a lot of resentment to the person who fails you on the other end um scheduling conflicts like we've talked about like oh which with us typically we're here every thursday recording and we haven't had too many hiccups uh just an occasional one here or there and sadly you've had to you know take care of a couple animals um you know on on that day and or whatever or <laughs> major pipe issues with <laughs> Hey, it's still going on. I'm I'm yeah. sitting here waiting. I've been waiting for three or four weeks for them to, to schedule. But yeah, so scheduling conflicts can cause a problem between you and a co-writer. Um, you know, which after a while, someone's just going to be like, you know, I just don't think we can work together. So I mean, that can cause a problem. Um, decision making. This is something I mentioned in your pros was making sure you have a plan ahead of time to make sure you know when you hit that problem wall that you have a plan in place to discuss it and not get aggravated with each other to make sure that um, it's not causing like you to compromise something you think is very important, but at the same time, you're not compromising the relationship as a co-writer. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. So if this is something that you're considering, you need to listen to this podcast a couple times because yeah. it is a huge commitment. Well, and you know, a lot of times we, this is something we didn't discuss is, this is a pro and a con. This is a con down. I mean, in a sense, if you're writing for financial gain, but I mean, who doesn't want to make a little money off their writing, Correct. but you will share the royalties. You will have to share the cost of editing or book covers. You're going to have to agree like, Hey, I really love this book cover, but this book covers 500 bucks. Yep. And the other person's like, well, I can't afford that. So we're gonna have to go with the cheaper one. Well, I don't like the cheaper one. Yep. You have to find that compromise. Like, okay, tell me what you can afford. What is your budget? You can do 200. Well, I really think we need the 500 one. I'm willing to pay this and it's still equal, but it's not their fault. They can't afford that. It's the fact that you have to come together. You have to find that compromise. If you're doing a co-writing of what your cover is going to be like, what you're going to, who you're going to edit. What if one person doesn't like the editor and the other person does? Yeah. And that, that's a cool thing too. But if that happens, just a quick tip, if, you, you you can recoup like as the money's coming in you can be like okay 
but I paid 300 and you paid 200 as long as you agree and say I will receive 300 royalties to your 200 until this is paid off mm -hmm. and then we start fresh so that's a good idea it's a great idea and that's what I'm saying it's like you have to kind of come up with those ahead of time before it can't be like oh they just don't want to do what I want to do well maybe you need there's that perspective versus perception what are they seeing versus what are you seeing like kind of, it, it could be like a, it's almost like having sister wives. Yeah. Having multiple people helping you with the household, having multiple people help you with a story that you're, t it's like you're, you're, you're raising a child together. You're creating this together. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. You're creating this together. So there has to be compromise. You're not maybe going to get everything you want out of it and they're not going to get everything they want out of it. There has to be that, that compromise of the the individual vision that you have. So this individual vision that you have has to be manipulatable or not, I guess that's not malleable. It has to be malleable. It has to be able, you have to be able to work other people's idea into if you're going to co-write with someone. Yeah, That's why I say, I don't think I could ever co-write because I'm too strong-willed with what I want to put in there. Yeah. I, I couldn't see me. I mean, I, I, I co-own uh, products like Colors of Your Voice. I created it with another vocal coach named Claude LaRoche. And um, there are some things we butted. He'll tell you. Like, there's probably days I probably made him cry. We'll butt heads. And there's things in that program like, ah, oh, we should have went this way and that way. But And there's times he suggested something. I was like, nope, nope, nope. And then he explained it and like, okay, I see where you're coming from. And so – but we have a great relationship regardless, even though that he and I butted heads a lot on it and it turned out to be an amazing product. <laughs> so you have to think about that. I headed with, I butted heads with him one day and I don't, I've never even met him. Oh yeah. And you know what? He was so sorry. He did. Oh, he, I'm it was, not, I wasn't he, even mad. I, he was like, Oh, I didn't think about it, Jamie. I was just, Claude had made, cause he loves me. He had made that reel with all my fiction books. And you're like, dude, I handle all of our marketing. What is somebody else doing it? didn't even think about it. Uh, and I've done and, this. and that wasn't really why I was like, I was like, it doesn't look like the stuff I put out. There was no music to it. It yep. didn't have the same aesthetic. It didn't look anything like Vendera. And so I'm like, this is going to look like Vendera. And so it's kind of like that co-working. It's like, it didn't have the same vision. And I was like, um, what's going on here? Like, are we making videos and just like throwing them out there? What do we have? What's, what's going on? That's really what I was like. Hey, I want to do you a Christmas present. And you know me, I'm so, uh, my wife's like, you need to be more sensitive. It's just my ADHD brain. Cause I've done it with Molly, <laughs> the, the, the lady who designs all of my nonfiction covers who I absolutely adore. And I forget what we were doing. She's like, wait a minute. Why are you, what, what, you know, are you getting rid of me? I was like, no, I wouldn't. Why, why the hell would you think that? But it's just, you know, I, I don't, it's like, Jamie, you know, you Jamie, can't hurt my feelings. To say no. <laughs> I don't I don't have no feeling. Well, you know, we had something and you were like, Hey, you told me I could do this. I'm like, you know me. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't I don't even listen half the time. And it's mm -hmm. uh, you know, and it's you can't hurt my feelings because I don't I guess I don't have any feelings. <laughs> and so I don't think anyone psychopath? else has feelings. Do what? <laughs> Are you a psychopath? No yeah. feelings. <laughs> not not really, but you never know. So, <laughs> so <laughs> but, despite the cons. Despite all these cons I put in there, um, there are there are many uh, successful books that have been written co-written together. So there are there are key points: communication. Uh, make sure there's mutual respect. Make sure that your vision is shared between both you and your co-writer. If you're maintaining these things, you're both open-minded. You're going to have a potential successful book as co-writers. So I wasn't trying to say don't do it. I was just trying to say make sure you take into consideration. 
the potential cons that could come about when you're doing this? Yeah, I'd say be cautiously optimistic. Um, you know, it, it'll be great. But again, you know, you got to make sure that you're working together because there are those benefits of double marketing and this and that. But of course, you only get half the profits. So if you can deal with that, that's fine. You know, you still have a, a, a ability to get the book done quicker and actually get to get more reach out of the book mm -hmm. from two different fan bases. So the again, there are pros and cons. Just look at what works for you. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Well, that was a pretty easy episode. And I didn't, you know what I found is we had notes well laid out and there were like zero squirrels. Is that what it is? I, I mentioned mm. squirrels a couple of times, but I wasn't over here. I think there were a few situations where there might've been some extra added to the story, but for the most part, they were just chipmunks. So, mm. okay. Maybe, just airplanes. Maybe, just I airplanes. Pull, maybe I should pull my weight. And, uh, and that's one of my assignments to start taking notes to let you review and add to before we do these podcasts. Mm -hmm. It was, it was very structured. It was nice. Yeah, because man, it's been like forty minutes. It's like what? There's my no cat is, way. Hold on, my cat is trying to get over here. She's knock stuff off. She's trying to get a chipmunk. Well, she's trying to get in. She's trying to get over here. Look at this beauty. Oh, she's a doll baby. She's trying to get into she's my a window. Doll baby. I, I'm not from the Bronx. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I got one. Not not. Almost like her, a lot of white. This little girl in Chelsea May, she's got that disease. Uh, some cats get when they're young and they get an infection in the brain, and then they do this, and their bodies okay. shake for the rest of their life. You know what I'm talking about? Bobbleheadness? Yeah, it's like a bobbleheadness, and it's, it's their nervous system because it's affected. I, I forget what it's called. Somebody watching the podcast will know and, and comment. Luckily, she didn't get it that bad. We caught it in time, but she it's like she wobbled. Her head don't always wobble, but her body, she can't hardly walk straight. And it don't matter. She'll fly through the house and doing this. I, I want to know, know why all of your animals are like on death's door or have some kind of challenges. No, it's because we got too many. Where I, We need to have Vendera's Haven. We raise so many cats. Where I live, people like Animal over, sanctuary. Yes, they drop they them go off. they go to die. And my wife's like, we can't. We got to feed them. I need... Uh, kitty insurance because I've spent thousands at the vet to save some random cat that it's not even ours, uh, but that's just how we're turned. And then the food, mm -hmm. I went to Kroger the other day and it wasn't super expensive. It was like $140 and I'm looking like, oh, so 134 of that was for animals. I mean, <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, we could, we could, we could pay off our car if, if we wasn't feeding all these animals, but uh, my wife says that's what God sent us, and we're like, okay, we'll take care of them. So, yeah. no, I commend you for that because that's yep. I know it's, it's a lot of work to take care of animals. Well, it is. It takes every morning. I'm like, I could I can get more writing done if I didn't have to do everything I do with animals. Don't you dare blame the animals. Okay. Mm -mm. <laughs> so mm -mm. I've got to stick to the re resolution. Yep. Dang stick it. the resolution that we put out last week. <laughs> All right. All right. Hello, thank you for listening. As always, we want you to follow us on our socials. You can go to our landing page and you can click on any of the icons and it'll take you to all of our social media and it'll take you to our YouTube channel. You can go to Spotify and listen to our episodes. Uh, you can go to the email on your app and you can say, I want to send them a message and I'm going to send a message. Always write podcast at gmail.com and you can comment. You can tell us if you've co-written 
Or if you have questions about co-writing, you can feel free to do anything that we've talked about on this podcast, email it to us and we'll try to get back to you. Um, let's see what else. Oh, subscribe to YouTube. Um, anything else that you can think of? No, cause a squirrel just ran by. I think it's cause I'm hangry. Well, yeah, you're a hungry and I'm distracted by my kitty. That's right behind the screens. I'm going to take a picture of the cat and I'm going to post it on our socials. Cause she's right there helping with the podcast. So good. She's our As director. Always, yes. Director, producer. Yes. As <laughs> always, we want you to always write. We want you to stick with your new year's resolution that we talked about. And, uh, the last episode and continue to keep writing, share with us what, what you're writing and share our episodes, share everything, you know, whatever. But at the same time, as always, I enjoy this podcast with my co-host, and I am author Carissa DeLay, and, and this I am, is... I am author Jamie Vendera, and we will see you in the next podcast. Yes, thanks for listening. <laughs>